are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, 12s. This is Nick Lee here on this Blue Friday, the, the Blue Friday before Christmas Eve, a week before Christmas Eve. There's a chill in the air. People are getting excited. If you celebrate Christmas, happy holidays and, and merry early Christmas. And uh, there might be a chill in the air, Rob, but certainly in the NFL, things are heating up pretty quickly for better or for worse. Uh, we'll definitely dive into all that. And thanks for tuning in. It's been a turbulent week around the, around the league, to say the least. And we'll do our best to preview the upcoming game against the Los Angeles Rams. I'll use that lightly. We'll see the, the Rams light or diet Rams <laughs> the best we can. And as news continues to trickle in, we might even get news during the show. I mean, that, that's how hot and heavy this news is coming out regarding the COVID list. The official hospitality partner of the NFL on location is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. Thanks for making Lockdown Seahawks your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Thanks for listening. Now for your lead story here on Lockdown Seahawks. And as mentioned yesterday, the, the NFL just has a mess on its hands. And there's been an extreme uptick in positive COVID cases with the Omicron variant running rampant around the country, around the world. And certainly in the in the in all the sports leagues currently in play, it's not just unique to football. You're seeing NHL, NBA, college athletics, all, all of them are, are suffering to some capacity here. And politics aside, this is a mess. And the, the, the Seahawks, while they are to be commended for their rigid and uh, diligent ap approach to COVID the last couple of seasons, they are not immune to this. They, they are one of the better teams as far as approach but they, have, they are not immune to the current uptick. And luckily, they're not as hard hit thus far as their opponent on Sunday, the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams may have trouble fielding team this weekend. Seriously, not joking. Utah State and Oregon State are in L.A. for the, the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. They might have to start pulling some players from those two teams after the poll came in order to field this team because, my goodness, this is, a, this is a mess. And so yesterday... Rob, the Seahawks placed Tyler Lockett and Alex Collins, two main parts of their offensive production, on the COVID reserve list. And if the Seahawks are with be, are without both of those guys, what 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 does the offensive game plan look like for the Seahawks without two of their main productive players? You know, I think it looks a lot better, Nick, than it does for the the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, we're talking about twenty five different players that might be on the list at this point. Uh, you know, for them, but yeah. You lose a guy like Tyler Lockett, you lose a guy like Alex Collins, um, then I think that it's going to significantly change what the Seahawks are looking to do. Um, you know, obviously, you still have a superstar player in, in DK Metcalf. Um, we're going to talk a little bit later about, you know, some of the, the players that I think that, that Seattle uh, is going to try to to feature in this game. But, but Tyler Lockett's ability to impact football games with his savvy route running, the way that he, that he has a just an incredible rapport with Russell Wilson, it would completely change Seattle's game plan. It absolutely has to. 
Uh, you know, especially if the Rams are able to get Jalen Ramsey back. And, you know, of course, he has been able to shadow uh, DK Metcalf in the past. Now, you, you are encouraged by the fact that Rashad Penny has had the success that he has had uh, over these last couple of games, especially last week against the Houston Texans, in which he was clearly the bell cow and Alex Collins set out that football game. But, but at the same time, um, you know, I think that, that Seattle's, uh, you know, success in, in battling COVID, only two players in this game so far, um, three players overall, including former Ram Gerald Everett, uh, have been, uh, you know, put on that COVID-19 reserve list so far for the for the Seahawks all year long. And again, the, the biggest story is that the Los Angeles Rams with 25 players, I mean, it's only a 53-man active roster. Uh, you know, I mean, that to me, that that's the bigger conversation here is, you know, is it fair to the Los Angeles Rams to expect them to be able to compete in this game? I mean, I, th I think we all want to see a good football game. I think we all obviously, as you know, we're on the Seattle Seahawks, you know, uh, podcast here. You know, there's going to be a lot of listeners here. It's like, hey, give us a victory. I think we all want to see a good game. We all want to see the best athletes in the world competing against each other. But to me, that's one of the conversations that has to be had here is if the Los Angeles Rams are truly have half of their roster, is it even fair for them to have a, a game at this point or should it be delayed? Yeah, I mean, you got to ask yourself, I mean, down the morality from a morality standpoint, like you're, you're sitting there maybe a couple of weeks down the road and the Seahawks are still kind of out of the playoffs. Maybe they lose another game or something. Do you really want to have a forfeit victory over the Rams? Is that going to feel good inside? <laughs> I don't think it would. Um, obviously, for selfish purposes, if this forfeit helped the Seahawks make the playoffs, then I think most fans would say, yeah, bring it on. Um, but is if it's as far as fair, because I, I want to be pretty, I want to be impartial. I know this is a Seahawks podcast, and I know that fans listening to this are obviously going to want have, have the Seahawks' best interest at heart and making the playoffs, that 3 4% chance they have. And actually, that jumps pretty significantly if they can beat the Rams here in L.A. But is it fair? to have the, have the Rams forfeit this game. I saw a conversation on, on, on Corbin Smith's Twitter. Uh, some, some readers and some some Twitter peeps and tweeps are saying that the Rams should forfeit. I mean, there was a big conversation before the year saying, you know, we're not mandating the vaccine, but if there's an, there's there's the key phrase, if there is an outbreak among unvaccinated players, that leads to a team not being able to field a team and, and have to play, that is when they would approach forfeiture. Now, in this case, with Omicron, it, it's 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 become an, an issue of just vaccinated players are testing positive, and not and, and thank goodness for the most part, it looks like the vaccines are still effective in, in in preventing serious illness, but that does not prevent positive cases from happening. And so, I'm not sure it's fair to punish the Rams, who clearly have followed protocol to the best of their ability. Most the majority of these players on their list. You're talking Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, Daryl Henderson. I mean, some of the biggest playmakers on the Rams are on this list. And yeah, as a Seahawks fan, you're, you're wanting them to be out. So they have a, the Seahawks have a better chance to win. But as far as forfeiture goes, I don't think that there's a ton of legs, ton of legs to stand on with that because the Rams kept to the protocol. They got vaccinated. The players were, were it's not like they were out partying unvaccinated in strip clubs all night. It, it was... Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, if that's a different story, I know that there, there was a situation last season, but 2020 to 2021, I mean, we all know completely apples and oranges with the variants, with the vaccine availability. There is no comparing the two seasons. 
And had this happened last year, sure, we could absolutely talk about this being a forfeiture with the Seahawks being so vigilant and maybe the Rams being loose with it. Um, I don't think that's a fair assessment. I think that given the Rams were were vaccinated and keeping with protocols and still got hit this hard, uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that that wouldn't be fair to forfeit. And I would, I'm a big fan of playing this game on the field. And I'm also pretty confident that maybe not all these guys come back, but a decent chunk of both sides can make it back by Sunday. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, I think that uh, the NFL is big business, and, and big big business says you play the game. And, and so, uh, you know, whether it's fair, whether it's not, I, I absolutely believe that they're going to wind up playing this football game, and a lot of the players that uh, have been put on that COVID-19 list are, are going to wind up playing, whether it be for the Rams or perhaps even for the Seahawks. And, again, I think that it, is, it bears repeating the Seahawks right now have two players. The Rams have 25. And so this is an opportunity to kind of just – Give Pete Carroll and his staff a little bit of credit. I mean, they have been so far ahead of everybody else in the NFL um, in, in just their due diligence and what they're trying to do to not only keep their football team safe, but to keep the community safe. But, of course, no one is listening to you and I, Nick, just to, because they want to listen to the community. They want to talk a little bit of football. So that, that, to me, is one of the things that's going to be kind of fascinating about this is just who is going to be able to play. Let's just assume for a moment that virtually everybody is going to be able to play. And that's what you want. You know, if you're going to walk into SoFi Stadium where the Super Bowl is going to be played another month after this, then then let's get let's get ready. Well, you know, let's play a little bit of football. You know, if you're fighting for your playoff lives, as obviously the Seattle Seahawks are, then you want to be able to go up against a team that maybe isn't the divisional leader at this point, but they just beat the divisional leader uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. So let's play a little bit of football here, um, especially the way that the Rams played in Arizona. I mean, they were really impressive, you know, and, and one of their superstars, the guy who is leading the NFL in virtually every single receiving category is a former Eastern Washington standout, you know, he played his prep ball in Eastern, uh, you know, in, <clears throat> in the state of Washington as well at Davis High School in, in, in Yakima. I mean, to me, that's that's one of the exciting things about this. So to me, that's what it all comes down to is that this is a huge story. It is a story that, as you just mentioned, Nick, it could be changing literally as we speak. But at the same time, it, it still is a football game. And I think that we, uh, because we don't have the, um, you know, the information as of an hour before the game kickoff on Sunday, then we have to just kind of assume that just about everybody that the Los Angeles Rams have on their COVID-19 list and perhaps even the two players that Seattle has on their COVID-19 list, again, Tyler Lockett and Alex Collins, two absolutely critical players that we have to just assume they're going to be ready to play and that it's going to be full-on strength against full-on strength. And, oh, by the way, the last time it was full-on strength, it just, talking about Russell Wilson being healthy, the Seahawks went to halftime of that game up on the last Angeles Rams. And so are they going to be able to do exactly that when, again, it's full-on strength uh, this weekend? Yeah, and you're talking playoff football with the Seahawks got four games left and you mathematically pretty much need to win out. Every game from here on out is a playoff game for the Seahawks. You are literally playing for your lives. And just one last point as well, the, the NFL did adjust its protocols on Thursday. So now it is conceivable that both Lockett and Collins, along with the Rams players, could be back for Sunday's game because vaccinated players can now take multiple tests on the day after their positive test. And if both return as negative, 
and they are symptom-free, they can be activated back on the roster. So that could, that's an also a situation that can that can evolve very quickly. But before we or when we come back, we'll talk about the football game that's supposed to happen on Sunday in LA. But Rob and I will break down some keys to victory, both on offense and defense. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium is less than 100 days away and on location. The official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. If you're looking for comfortable, sleek-looking socks to change your footwear game, Stance has you covered. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel, coupled with amazing designs that match my personality and catch the attention of friends and family, they feel like you're wearing clouds on your feet and they're top-notch quality. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. That those who feel good, do good. Go see for yourself. I did. I nabbed me some some of the Stance socks depicting the famous BYU mascot, Cosmo the Cougar, who is probably a better dancer than you and I, or anyone listening. <laughs> I got his face on my feet now. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code LOCKEDON and check out at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life of a life less ordinary with Stance. Welcome back. It's Nick Lee. It's Rob Rang. And let's talk keys to victory, Rob. We are all we all know that this is quite literally a must-win game, like we mentioned in the in the previous segment. There's pretty much no possible way the Seahawks make the playoffs if they lose another game. I know that, that Corbin on his Twitter, if you follow that Corbin Smith NFL, he's kind of found a glitch in the matrix. <laughs> um that, that there is a way the Seahawks can possibly make the super or the Super Bowl, the playoffs if they lose this game and come become eight and nine at the end of the year, but really you gotta win out and get help. I mean that there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So this is essentially a playoff game, a must-win game. So let's break down how the Seahawks can come away with a victory in LA. And I know with this COVID situation, it could end up being, you know, like Sheldon from Big Bang Theory just throwing papers to the wind. The game plan uh, hours before the game with some of the situations that are evolving. But let's just go ahead and assume, like you mentioned before, everyone's playing, you know, prepare for a full strength Rams team. I think the Seahawks are probably doing that at the VMAC, I would imagine. So let's talk on offense. When the Seahawks are on offense, I, I think the first thing, and Robin, if you might, might have to agree with me, I don't know, is uh, you might want to block a guy named Aaron Donald. <laughs> and, and not just that, but um, don't let the defensive line for the Rams take over the game. And I, I know that it's kind of like uh, – you know, a Shohei Otani, you're not going to always make him go for four or four strikeouts, or you're not going to always, you know, shut out LeBron from scoring. It's more of a slow down than a stop. What would a game for this defensive line for the Rams look like if they didn't take the game over? How could the Seahawks limit how much they take over the game? 
Well, I think the easiest thing, Nick, is, is that and I say easy and, you know, kind of the air quotes because it is easy to say it's very difficult to actually pull off. But I think that you try to replicate the success uh, that, uh, you know, three consecutive teams had against the Los Angeles Rams a couple of weeks ago when the Rams lost three games in a row and all three of those teams won the time of possession. They, they were able to run the football. All three of those teams ran for uh, or rushed for touchdowns. And, you know, again, you just look back at what, what Seattle was able to do against the Houston Texans uh, most recently. And obviously Rashad Penny went off. And so, again, it's, you know, we know that Alex Collins is currently on the COVID-19 list. Um, but at the same time, Alex Collins was not able to play against the Houston Texans. Rashad Penny took over that football game. And I really think that Rashad Penny has a chance to take over this football game as well. Now, to be able to do that, Seattle has to be able to slow down that Los Angeles Rams defensive line, which of course is spearheaded by the supernatural Aaron Donald in the middle. Um, you know, and, and so that is going to be priority number one. If they're able to do that, then you might be able to get to a a good, but not a great linebacking core. Um, it's a good group as far as they're instinctive, they're, they're reliable uh, tacklers. They just don't have elite athleticism. And considering that he's 230 pounds, then Rashad Penny absolutely has elite athleticism. His ability to burst is a different level. And so I think that he is showing that first round capability here in recent weeks. And, and he is, of course, playing for his NFL life. This is the final year of his rookie deal. So to me, that is one of the things that you absolutely have to do is you have to be able to establish, if not the run, establish the threat of the run. And therefore, that's going to allow Russell Wilson the opportunity to be able to kind of throw over the top and use some play action passing. So to me, again, priority number one is just as you mentioned, Nick, is you have to be able to slow down Aaron Dahl, that defensive line. And to me, the easiest way of doing that is running right at them. Now, you're going to have your share of losses. There's no doubt about it. And so you have Shane Waldron has to be a little bit creative. You can't just start in there like your Chuck Knox and be able to try to run on first down, second down, three yards in a cloud of dust kind of a mentality. You have to be able to mix it up a little bit. But you also have to stay a little bit committed. So whether it be running the football or dropping some passes off to the running backs just this last week, even in a losing effort, the Arizona Cardinals peppered their running back, James Conner, with several several just quick, you know, quick passes to the running back. I think the Seattle has to do the exact same thing. So whether it be Rashad Penny, whether it be DJ Dallas, Travis Homer, perhaps Alex Collins, perhaps even Adrian Peterson, you have to hit the Los Angeles Rams in the mouth. Otherwise, you're likely to take it on the chin. A troubling stat I, I kind of stumbled across the I'm a big fan of the you know ESPN's like pass rush win weight and win rate and run block win rate and all that stuff. The Rams actually rank number one in run stop win rate, and the Seahawks are 28th in run block win rate. That's not that's not a great it's uh, not a great combo. So that's certainly an area where of a concern. And, and on the flip side, within the pass game, the last four games that Russell Wilson has played against the Rams, he's been sacked 18 times. And that doesn't. That also includes the game he didn't finish earlier this year, eighteen times. That's four and a half sacks per game. So I'm going to go ahead and say that not letting the defensive line take over also includes maybe three sacks or less because you're not going to shut out. You're not going to shut them out of sacks. I don't think that's. I'm going to say three sacks or less. I'm pretty happy with that for the, for the offense. Let's go another one as well as um, I think that there's some home runs to be had. 
against this Rams defense. They are there's uh they've allowed nine plays of at least 40 yards on defense. Only six teams have allowed more 40-yard plays on defense this year. So teams have been able to hit a few home runs against this team and not necessarily always in the pass game, but the run game we saw Rashad Penny hit a couple home runs uh, last week. I know it's <laughs> the Texans run defense and the Rams run defense are a little bit on different levels, but uh, it, it's there's something to be said. So I think if you get the home run shot, you got to execute the and, and don't live and die by it because that's also how you lose the, a play a home playoff game to the Rams <laughs> like last year. Um, but I think there will be an opportunity to get that. If, so if you see the opportunity to hit a home run, you got to do it. And it's going to be interesting because you might be without your best home run hitter and Tyler Lockett. So they're going to have to do it a different way. Well, they, they might, but I would argue that that their best home run hitter is Tyler Lockett. I think he's your best receiver. I still think that your best home run hitter is DK Metcalf. And the last time he and the Rams played, he had two touchdowns, one of them against Jalen Ramsey specifically. So, you know, that's the thing is that just be who you are, you know, and compete. Don't don't uh, just give up because, oh, wow, Jalen Ramsey is out there. Oh, wow, Aaron Donald is out there. You know, whether it be Leonard Floyd, whether it be Vaughn Miller, you know, just – Remember that you are still the defending NFC West champions. And so, you know, just continue to win the way that you have won in the past with Pete Carroll as the head coach. And Shane Waldron has a different level of insight into your current opponent than virtually anybody else in the NFL who is not currently employed by the Los Angeles Rams. So compete, get angry, get physical, and see what you can do here. You know, everybody in the world is expecting the Los Angeles Rams to win this football game. And so that is the type of mentality that the Seahawks and Pete Carroll have been, and Russell Wilson is a third-round pick, 75th overall, not like number one overall, Matthew Stafford, has always won with. So I think that you have to kind of adopt that type of mentality and be able to take your shots. You know, I mean, again, and I, I think that you were very astute, Nick, and kind of mentioned that entire defensive line. Because, again, this is not just Aaron Donald. Um, the fact that the Rams, have, you know, got Vaughn Miller, that Leonard Floyd has had the, this the monster games that he has had against the Seahawks last year, especially, and the possibility that Seattle is going to be using an undrafted rookie at the right tackle position and Jake Curran against Leonard Floyd. I mean, uh, to me, th those are some of the matchups you absolutely have to be watching. I know that everybody's going to be watching receivers and corners and all that kind of stuff, but it, I think that you were right in saying if the Seattle gives up more than three sacks, this is going to be a really difficult opponent to overcome. And Greg Gaines, a defensive tackle, uh, is the third best run def run defender in uh, among defensive tackles in the NFL. So it is not just the Aaron Donald show. 100% agree. And another quick one on offense as well is on, on in the red zone, get seven and force three. The Seahawks are actually a pretty darn good uh, red zone offense, or fourth in the NFL in red in converting red zone trips into touchdowns. And the Rams in that same category. So get seven when you get down there and force a field goal, force three points. Uh, when when you when you allow the uh, when the Rams get down in there because that's going to be inevitable and on defense, Rob, let, let's I, I know this I kind of poked fun at this but I think the first one is don't let Matthew Stafford pull a Davis Mills. <laughs> I know that was that's kind of weird to say but that was just inexplicable last week. It was maddening. I I, I never thought the Seahawks were in peril of losing that game even when. At early on, it was just maddening to watch Davis Mills go. I think it was 14 for his first 14. Unreal. 
Um, so if you let Matthew Stafford do that, that spells big trouble. Oh, it, it does. But, you know, I mean, you, you can, those of you watching uh, on YouTube or wherever can see how I'm built. And I used to give my little brother the inside lane when we used to play pickup basketball games. And he is shorter, but also much more athletic than I am. And so I used to kind of give him that because I knew that if he went to that every single time, sooner or later, I'd be able to block a shot. If he was going to try and do a little, you know, post up kind of fadeaway shot, then I, I would know that that's coming. And that's what I think that the Seahawks kind of rope-a-dope the Houston Texans a little bit with Davis Mills because they said, okay, we're going to give you these short little dump-off passes. And he made some beautiful throws. I, I do not want to disrespect what Davis Mills did. I think that you're absolutely right, Nick, at least from my recollection. It was 14 for 14 to start the game. It was surprising. He, he deserves a tip of the cap. But he certainly didn't end 14 for 14. And I think that's where, where Ken Norton Jr. kind of was licking his lips like, all right, young man, have some fun early. We're going to actually win this football game. And that's the thing is that I, I was impressed by how well that Seattle performed against Matthew Stafford in the first half of their last game. And then give Matthew Stafford some credit. He performed pretty well and absolutely won that, helped win that football game for the Rams last time the Seahawks played. So I, I do not expect Matthew Stafford to be the, 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 the smart passer, the very under control, very reserved passer that Davis Mills was. He is absolutely going to go back to his nature and try and throw over the top. And that's going to create some turnover opportunities here. So to me, that's one of those numbers. You, you mentioned some numbers here. Seattle has to limit the Rams to three sacks at absolutely most on the offensive side of the ball. To me, one of the big numbers from the Seahawks on the defensive side of the ball, as I, I mentioned this before with Corbin, I think that number is five. I think you have to have a combination of, of either two or three or four or five. You have to have five combined sacks and turnovers. Get them however you want. Matthew Stafford is going to put the ball up there for you to take some advantages. He's absorbed sacks, multiple sacks, in four of the last five games for Los Angeles Rams. So it's on you, Seattle defense. You've been giving up very few points, and that's great. But if you actually want to win a football game, then you have to actually get some turnovers and be able to go back the other way. So to me, that's really where this comes down to. You have to get a combination of five-plus sacks-plus turnovers, perhaps even a pick-six. Matthew Stafford leads the NFL with three pick-sixes so far. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Quandre Diggs, maybe even Ryan Neal, it'll be interesting to see if somebody is able to make a big play the other way for the Seahawks this week. And I think we would be remiss if we're talking Rams offense versus Seahawks defense to not mention Perhaps, I believe, maybe not MVP, but Offensive Player of the Year frontrunner, Cooper Cup. I mean, he's going for the receiver triple crown, the receptions receiver. I don't know if that's an official thing like baseball, but the he's leading the NFL in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. He's just on another level. I mean, and you hear that that answer to a football question uh, that went viral. I mean, the, the, the guy's just on a different level and intellectually and, and mentally in football, in football savvy. He's a he's dangerous, and you must account for Cooper Cup. But also, I, I think that there's there's a there's a looming danger that that people aren't aren't realizing, and that's Van Jefferson. He is turning into quite the 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 uh, the outlets. I, I think. Uh, and Corbin mentioned um, Van Jefferson is averaging 16.6 yards per catch, which is sixth among qualified receivers in the NFL. So he is a dangerous weapon. So if you focus a little bit too much on Cooper Cup, if you go all you know, all hell breaks loose on Cooper Cup and hell bent on, on getting him and limiting him. 
Van Jefferson's going to burn you too. The Rams are not without weapons, even if they're depleted with COVID. So the Rams have weapons of plenty for Stafford in the past game that the Seahawks have to account for. They absolutely do. That's the thing. Whether it be Jefferson, whether it be Higby, who was on the COVID-19 list, but, you know, that was considered a false positive. He might be back. He is going to look to to prove that uh, the, the Seahawks signed the other tight end in Gerald Everett. Of course, Odell Beckham, uh, you know, Jr. as well. Um, as you just said, Nick, the Rams are not lacking for weapons. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why at this point they look like a shoe-in for the playoffs and the Seahawks are scratching for their very lives. When we return in the third segment, we will make our picks to click on offense and defense for the Seahawks, as as well as give a game score prediction. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bet Online has you covered all season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports, all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. There's so many flavors. You'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie? Cherry or double chocolate? Cookies and cream or peanut butter? My personal favorite I love to take out in the golf course with me as kind of a mid-round snack is the blueberry muffin one. I just That blueberry muffin one is so darn good. I, I highly recommend that one. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Because it's the season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor, they'll fight for it, and things could get out of hand. You're friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars in those stockings with so many flavors, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Want to cozy up with some with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar in a piping hot cup of cocoa, let it melt, and give your beverage a bit of that Built Bar flavor, plus you'll have a nice melty belt bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple of napkins on hand as well. I'm, I'm, I may need one to, to wipe the slobber away. Let, like some of the marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, marshmallowy, and through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Tastes so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein. Go to BuiltBar.com for the offer and use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off of your order. Hello again, this is Nick Lee with the distinguished Rob Ring here to talk Seahawks and get you ready for the upcoming matchup with the Rams. <laughs> we'll see what kind of Rams and Seahawks team takes the field on Sunday, hopefully. Um, I'm into all the COVID questions going on, and who knows which both teams are going to look like. Hopefully, I'm, I'm, I'm praying that both teams are at or near full strength just for the, the integrity of the game, and you want to you have a good football game. And these two teams are usually play a pretty darn good uh, product on the field 
when they're fully healthy. So let's talk about our picks to click and, and picking a player or two on offense and defense um, that, that, that you think will click here. Uh, I'll go first, Rob. I'll pick one guy on offense, and that's DK Metcalf, especially if, if you're without Tyler Lockett. I'm still crossing my fingers that, that Lockett will be made available um, with the new protocols put in place. But especially if the Rams somehow don't have Jalen Ramsey, I mean, even if they do, DK Metcalf um, did a number on Jalen Ramsey. He went 98 yards, two touchdowns last game against the Rams earlier this season. Arguably his best game of 2021 so far came against the Rams. So I think DK Metcalf, even with, if, even if Tyler Lockett is on the field, and that might even help DK Metcalf, because if he's not, obviously the Rams are going to focus more on um, stopping Metcalf. But I, I think DK Metcalf is in for a big game. So who do you got on the offensive side of the ball uh, as a pick to click? Yeah, I think that DK Metcalf absolutely has to be a huge priority for the Seahawks. But I think that uh, Shane Waldron has been waiting for an opportunity to unleash Gerald Everett on the NFL. And, uh, you know, the fact that Everett, what, you know, the one game that he missed earlier this season, or among the games that he missed, I should say, uh, earlier this season with, a, ironically enough, a COVID-19 scare, um, was against the, the Los Angeles Rams. And I think that he would love to come back to Los Angeles and be able to do a little bit of flexing. And, uh, you know, again, we talked about this before. The, the Los Angeles Rams have a pretty good linebacking core. I think they've got a pretty good safety core as well. They just don't have a great deal of speed at either one of those positions. And considering how well that Gerald Everett is able to break tackles and that he does have breakaway speed, to me, he is a guy that you absolutely have to focus in on. I would not be surprised at all if Gerald Everett, whether it be resulting in touchdowns or just be a, a big-time part of Seattle's offense, that he doesn't have a spectacular performance uh, in his return to SoFi Stadium. But I would be remiss, Nick, if I didn't mention this. I really think that Russell Wilson, I know this is easy pickings here, but if the Seahawks want to win this football game, Russell Wilson has to prove that he deserves to be among the highest paid players in all of NFL history. And so if the Seahawks are going to win, Russell Wilson, this is your stage. you got to show that you are the best quarterback in the NFC West, and it's not even a, comp a conversation. And like I mentioned, he's going to have his hands full with that 18 sacks in the last four games. But he's also had himself some pretty darn good games against the Rams when uh, he's not having his finger bent sideways. <laughs> so let's go to the defensive side of the ball. And for me, I'm going to pick a guy who's kind of on a roll right now and, and coming off of his best game as a Seahawk, in my opinion. And that's kind of also out of necessity after losing Jamal Adams. And that's Ryan Neal. I think he had an excellent game against the Texans, seven total tackles, four solo, and tackle for loss, and playing in 100% of the defensive snaps last week. I think he's just he's on a roll. He's got he's got his legs fully under him. I was really impressed with what I saw. And I think he's going to get a workout with some of the offensive uh, schemes that the Rams can can conjure up. I think Ryan Neal is going to have an opportunity to have to make lots of plays and to, to be involved, whether that's an interception with a wayward Stafford pass or being effective in the run game or snuffing out a screen pass, something like that. I think that Ryan Neal is going to be set up to make a, a good, a, a big impact in this game, especially, you know, if the Seahawks are supposed to win this game or going to win, like you mentioned, Russell Wilson, someone on defense has got to make a big play. I really like your your pick with the, uh, they need to have five combined between turnovers and sacks. I never thought of it that way. I think that's a really good idea. And I think Ryan Neal can be one of those guys that can come away with a key turnover. So who do you got on the defensive side as a pick to click? Well, I appreciate that, Nick. I mean, I think that uh, that 
you know, that, that Ryan Neal could have one of each of those, that he could have a sack and a turnover. I mean, he was a hair away from getting that against the Houston Texans. I mean, you know, the Seahawks were pretty aggressive. They were setting him off the edge. I, I wish that they had sent Jamal Adams off the edge as many times as they sent Ryan Neal off the edge against the Texans. You know, and so I think that there's a chance that he's going to get a, set, uh, a sack. I think there's a chance that he's going to get a turnover because, as you mentioned, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford is willing to throw the football out there. Quandre Diggs, of course, had an incredible interception against his former teammate Matthew Stafford in the last game. To me, this is the game in which the cornerbacks, I think, are going to be key because we talked about what a just a renaissance man that Cooper Cup has been. And I think that Cooper Cup could take over this football game. I think he wants to take over this football game, you know. And, and so I, I think it's going to be interesting. Sidney Jones, as the former University of Washington guy, going against the former Eastern Washington guy, to me, I think there's going to be an awful lot of eyes on him. He is also playing for a contract. We talked about Rashad Penny before. I don't know if it's a pick to click because I don't know that he's going to win. But I think that Sidney Jones is going to have an opportunity to make some big plays here. And so I'm really interested to see what he does. So to me, he is one of those guys that I think is a, a, a pick to click or a pick to lick. Either way, he is going to be a guy that is absolutely going to have plenty of attention on him. And let's see what you can do, young man. Are the Seattle Seahawks going to want to bring you back or some other NFL team going to want to bring you back? And again, clearly, you have to get some pass rush on Matthew Stafford. I think that everybody's going to focus on the edge rushers, and I would love to see Daryl Taylor be able to take this game to another level the way that he did against the Houston Texans a week ago. But how we not mention Al Woods and the way that he has been playing lately? So I think that we have to mention him because he is the big man that might be able to come in. And again, I mentioned this before when, with Corbin. You hit Matthew Stafford a couple of times, and he is not the same player. He didn't start off very well against the Seahawks in the last matchup. Again, you hit him a couple of times, and who was more intimidating as far as hitting guys than Al Woods? So don't be surprised if it's one of those interior defensive linemen who actually makes a really big play, whether it be a sack, whether it be a tip pass that winds up becoming an interception, maybe even the Matthew Stafford's fourth pick six of the season. Yeah, uh, my son really likes the the new Grinch movie right now, and he, he has to find reindeer, you know, and uh, he finds one fat one. He's like, well, Santa had eight. He looks like he ate the other seven. I think the Seahawks need four defensive linemen. Well, Al Woods looks like he ate the other three. <laughs> it's just in a good way. Don't hurt me, Al Woods. I th Al Woods for Pro Bowl, by the way. Um, really quick, let's go through uh, some score predictions for this game. And, and again, I'm going to assume that both teams are in full strength. And honestly, as an honest assessment, if both teams are at full strength, advantage Rams. The Rams are an excellent football team and absolutely going to be a dangerous team to play in the NFC, in the NFC playoff picture. And so I'm going to go a victory for the Rams. I think the Seahawks will absolutely be competitive in this game. They're going to trade blows as they usually do, except for that one game a couple years ago. Um, I, I think that these two teams know each other very well. And I think that's, that's usually conjures up a close game. And I'm going to even say that there's a late score to for the Rams to take the lead in a heartbreaking fashion as it, as it normally happens. And I'm also going to call, I'm a huge Scorigami fan. I know that's a, a super nerdy thing. If you don't know what that is, it's a, a, a score, a final score result that has never happened in NFL history. NFLScorigami.com um, is where you, where you can find those numbers. And I'm going to go with the Scorigami. You know, you know, a weird COVID game, a lot of uh, unknowns and stuff. Why not have a Scorigami? So I'm going to go 32 26. Rams take the victory in a late touchdown to get that score gummy and unfortunately maybe deal the Seahawks the, the final blow of the season.
Yeah, I think if the Rams score 32 points, then it would be the, the final blow for the season for the Seahawks. Um, you know, I, you know, last time you and I hosted a Friday show, Nick, I mean, you correctly predicted that the, the Seahawks would lose to the Arizona Cardinals. And I think that that is probably the most likely scenario because I think the Los Angeles Rams, when fully healthy, are a better team. Their record says it. But at the same time, I think you have a hungrier team here in Seattle. I think you have a more desperate team here in Seattle. And that's why I am pulling off. I, I am predicting the upset here. I think that the more physical, more hungry team finds a way. The better quarterback, frankly, finds a way. I think this is going to be a little bit more of a defensive game than a lot of people are expecting. And I don't know what's going to happen as far as the COVID-19 things. But I think that Seattle's defense is absolutely for real. I am not necessarily a believer in Matthew Stafford as being the difference maker that he has, you know, shown himself to be at flashes. Odell Beckham has shown himself to be at flashes. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to do the the score gami thing. I'm, I'm going to go a little bit more traditional. I think the Seahawks eke it out 24-21 Seattle. I like your optimism, Rob. And as always, when I pick the Seahawks to lose, I really hope I'm wrong. And go ahead and skewer me if I am. I'm, I'm perfectly happy with that. Now, make, thank you for making this your first listen of the day, the Locked On Seahawks. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. You can follow me, at NickLee51. Follow Rob, at Rob Rang. Hopefully on Monday, Rob and Corbin will come back with a thrilling Seahawks big victory on Monday and, and with the playoff hopes still alive and well, it can go one of two ways, Rob. I guess we'll have to find out. And so thank you for listening all and a happy holidays and a merry early Christmas. Go Hawks.